Amen. Now listen to me real quick. Amen. Man, I, I just got to start off like this. I hate to start off with bad news. But I got to set everything straight. I got to state the obvious. It's not great. It's even painful to even bring this up. But man, like a Band-Aid at a water park, I'm just going to rip it off and let the truth float on by you, all right? Here's the thing. My kids, they better listen because what I'm about to say, they don't want to hear, all right? I've been kind of trying to like let them know that it's coming and they don't believe in me, all right? But it hurts to say. So Mark, let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. But the lazy days of summer are coming to an end, my friend, all right? Let me say it. Kids, can y'all hear me? Parker, McKenzie, can you hear me? I'm going to say it one more time. The lazy days of summer are coming to an end, my friend. Look, there's some of y'all already asleep. Wake them up. Let them know. Man, the lazy days of summer are coming to an end, my friend, all right? And because that's truth, because that's a fact, man, just like a lot of y'all's family, my family knows that. They understand that. They're still trying to cope with that. But, but because of it, man, we've been trying to squeeze out every single last drop of summer out of these remaining days that we possibly could, all right? So I'm going to give you a little recap, a little pull back the curtain. This is what the Miltons have been up to, all right? Man, a couple weeks ago, we took a road trip to Waco, and we took over a tiny home, all right? Man, listen to me. Before this happened, I was skeptical. Can a large man live life in a tiny house, all right? Man, I can, and I did. I'm a living testimony. The Lord is great, all right? And so, man, we took over a tiny home, and then after that, we took flight at the BSR cable park. Listen, these slides are huge, guys, and the speed that you get coming down these slides and the height that you get coming off these ramps is huge, and the splash that I made when I hit the water was enormous, and the pain that I felt when I made that splash is still with me. That's why I'm still limping, all right? But man, we went to this BSR cable park. It was cool. And basically, y'all know it's hot. And so my family has been trying our best to find every single drop of water that we could and then get in that water to beat the Texas heat. So if there is a pool of water, we were finding it. Man, if there was like a beach, we were trying to go to it. If there was a water park in Greenville, anybody been to that place? We were there, all right? Man, we were trying to find every drop of water so we could beat this Texas heat, and then as if these days were not crazy enough, y'all look at this next slide, we decided to add this little guy to our life, all right? Y'all don't say, ah, oh. y'all say, what were y'all thinking, all right? Man, it's crazy, all right? Man, I forgot what it was like to live that puppy life, okay? He needs a lot of attention, and he wakes up a lot. And so we have to give him the love that he requires. He's almost as crazy as living with me, all right? But here's the thing. Check this out. Somebody texted me and said, Pastor Justin, y'all are doing too much. But here's the thing. We had to do all that we could because y'all know what time it is. It's time to go dum -dum -dum, back to school. Kids, I'm sorry. I told you y'all didn't want to hear it, but man, it is time to go back to school. And listen to me, it does not matter if you're in elementary, it doesn't matter if you're in middle school, it doesn't matter if you're in high school, it doesn't matter if you're in college. I get that they all hit a little bit different, but nevertheless, back to school is happening, and the dread of going back to school is a big deal at the Milton house, all right? Man, I was asking Parker, Parker, are you ready for school? Dad, I like summer. 
but, but Parker, you like school, right? Parker, what's your favorite class at school? Lunch. Parker, Parker, no, no, I, I get that. Hey, I get that, buddy. I get that, buddy. What's your second favorite class? Recess. All right, hold on, wait a minute. We had to get like down to the seventh, eighth, ninth class before it was something like math, English, spelling, and anything like that. But here's the thing, check this out. Man, the dreading of going back to school is a big deal at our house. And if you're not experiencing it right now, then you probably remember the feeling, all right? Because it's something that we all had to go through. Some of y'all, maybe y'all got to get back in the way back machine and go a little farther back than some of us to remember what that feels like. So I'm going to give you time. All right, I see you. I see you. I see you. All right, I think we're all good. Can we relate now? See, some of y'all, man, it took you a little bit further to go way back, all right? But here's the thing. Man, going back to school. Man, I don't know. I'm just being honest, but, like, no matter what phase I was in my life, it just didn't ever sit right. And somebody said, well, what's the big deal? It's just school, right? But I'm talking about the early morning. See, my kids, they love to stay up late because of summer. They love to sleep even later because of summer. Sometimes I get home and my son was like, Dad, another pajama day. I crushed it. And I was like, oh, man. Back to school is going to be real. Back to school is going to be real, all right? And so I'm talking about the early mornings. I'm talking about that cafeteria food. Yikes. Man, I'm talking about homework, pop quizzes, tests, drama, clicks, group projects. And that's just the first week, all right? And so that's how come this morning, man, I want us to open up God's word to the book of Acts. Let's look at chapter one and let's start in verses six and seven. We'll put it up on the screen. Like I said, follow along in your own Bible or grab the pew Bible and take it home as a gift with you. But this is what it says. Dr. Luke writing in verse six says this right here. So when they had come together and asked him, hold up, who are these people? The they that is talking about are the disciples. The hymn that is talking about is Jesus Christ. It says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father had fixed by his own authority. See, check this out. Man, what I want to let y'all know is they had been following Christ, Right? Christ had been crucified and then resurrected. They've been reunited and it feels so good. But then right at this moment, Jesus is saying, guys, listen, I'm about to tell y'all what y'all need to do. And before he can even tell them what they need to do, before he ascends into heaven, they're asking all these questions. But the question in verse 6, man, it wasn't anything new. A lot of people wanted to know the answer to this, and it was actually reasonable for the disciples, the apostles, to be wondering when the rest of the new covenant would be fulfilled. But I love Christ's response. Because when we read his response over the next couple of verses, it indicates that he did not rebuke his followers. And he didn't even correct them for asking this question. But what he did was he let his followers know this. And if you want to write something down, you can write this first point down. He let them know that perspective is everything. See, they were wanting to spend the most of these last days with Jesus. They were wanting to ask him anything and everything that they could ask. 
They were wanting to get all the answers answered before he ascended into heaven. But their perspective was wrong. Man, what their focus was on needed to be refocused to something else. And he let them know, man, your perspective is everything. He simply corrected their perspective when he told them that the answer wasn't for them to know. He said that in verse 7. Man, it's not for you to know. So let's break down these two verses. We'll put them back up on the screen. But starting in verse 6, I want to show you all a couple of key words. Man, if you want to write down the words, you can write them down. If you want to circle the words in your Bible, man, you can circle the words in your Bible, even if it's a pew Bible, all right? But here's the thing. The verb restore shows that they were expecting a political and territorial kingdom. See, they were asking, man, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And that verb restore shows that they were expecting this political territorial kingdom. And the noun Israel shows that they were expecting this national kingdom. And the adverbial clause at this time shows that they were expecting this to be immediate. They wanted this establishment to happen immediately. And so they were asking all these things, but yet he kindly responded, it's not for you to know. See, Jesus warned his disciples against trying to inquire into the aspects of the timing of God's kingdom because he let them know that those things belong to God the Father alone. It's, for not, it's not for you to know. It's only for him to know. And so you need to change your perspective. And so, man, he let them know the father has put it in his own authority. Man, I think that's neat for us to know because this is the resurrected Christ that is speaking. He's about to be surrounded by a cloud and be taken up to heaven. And as he says this, man, he showed that his submission to the father was still real. He showed that his submission to the father was not temporary, but it was instead eternal. He said, it's not for you to know, but it's in God's own timing, in his own authority. See, their perspective was wrong and Jesus had to change it. Church family, our perspective is everything. See, here's the thing, man. I want to tell you that sometimes It's not the situation that you're going through that needs to change. It's your perspective that needs to change. Sometimes it's not the issues that you're struggling with in life that need to be where your focus is, but it's the perspective as you walk through those issues. Church family, sometimes our perspective is wrong and Jesus has to change it. And so I want to talk to the students real quick. It doesn't matter what age you are. All right, man, I went to school the same time that my mom was going back to school. All right, so I know that this can hit elementary school all the way up to college. It doesn't matter. But for the students that are going back to school, man, I want to talk to you for a second because perhaps you feel like the only perspective that fits reality is that school is basically a prison sentence that you must serve out until you're free at last to step fully into adulthood and get a job doing exactly what you want to do. Slow down, pump the brakes, all right, because adulting is hard, all right? But sometimes that's what it feels like. It feels like, man, what I got to go do this? Like, I don't even see the importance of having to do this. 
In fact, I feel like I'm just imprisoned. I feel like I'm trapped. Man, finally, one of these days, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to have the diploma. I'm going to get the job, and I'll finally be able to do what I want to do and pay bills and raise kids and all those other hard things. So slow down, all right? But I can say this. From that specific vantage point, man, maybe that assessment is accurate. Because if you insist on looking at your middle school, your high school, or even your college years through those lenses, then that's your own right. And you are entitled to be able to do that. And to be honest, that was my view when I was in high school. Man, there was a time when I was in high school that I felt like I was trapped in a prison that I could not wait to get out of. But then God, let me say it again. But then God used the student pastor with a flat top haircut and an undeniable passion for Jesus Christ. His name was Joe Bench. And he used Joe Bench to pull off my warped lenses. All right. He chose he chose Joe Bench to to utilize the truth and, and put it in my life to where it would open my eyes to what school could actually be all about. And when that happened, man, I went from dreading going back to school and I went to being fired up that I'm able to get back to the mission. See, that's the thing that I want to talk about today. It's not back to school. It's not back to work. It's not back to life but we are being called to go back to the mission. See, I wasn't fearful for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier before because my perspective had finally changed. It was no longer back to school, but man, I was stepping into, not the Greenville High School, but I was stepping into the mission field. Man, I was having the opportunity to not just like go run with my friends, but to also share Christ's light with my friends and possibly change my friend's destiny. Man, this is the same thing that was happening to Jesus' disciples at this moment. See, they were following him one last time, and he's about to leave earth, and he's coaching them up, and he says, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's not for you to know. That's only for God to know. Man, you need to change your perspective. And then the second thing that he did was this right here. He gave them an entirely new outlook. Man, so if you need to write something down, Maybe he needs to change your perspective. And when he does that, just like his followers, man, he gave them an entirely new outlook. What am I talking about? Let's keep on going. The last two verses of this passage right here from 6 to 9, verse 8, it says this right here, Dr. Luke writes, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Check this out for a moment. Man, let's try to like take a minute to enter into the emotion of this moment that was unpacked in verse 8. This is literally the last time these young men were going to be able to run with their best friend before they die. This was the last moment that the apostles were be able to hang out with Jesus Christ on this side of eternity. Man, I can't imagine what they were thinking. They were probably overcome with this uneasiness. Man, this is about to get real. And this is about to be on us. 
ooh, summer's over. It's about to get serious. Man, I can only imagine the anxious, the, the anxious feeling that they were, you know, co- trying to cope with as they prepare to face the daily grind of having to get up, having to go to work, and having to get things done. But only as Jesus could. He gave them an entirely new outlook. And in verse 8, it says, and you will be my witnesses. Now, we'll put it up on the screen, but check this out. And you will be my witness. Man, when, when, when you unpack that word, check this out, witnesses. The root word for witness here is actually the same term that's used for martyr. Anybody know what that is? I know some of y'all talked about that and discussed that in some of y'all's adult Bible studies this morning. But we'll put it up on the screen. Man, a martyr is someone who puts it all on the line for a cause, even to the point of giving their life. Let me say it again. A martyr is somebody who puts it all on the line, even to the point of giving their life. Man, this is why Jesus challenged his friends with a vision to turn the world upside down, and they did just that. See, when you keep on following the life of the apostles, you understand, man, that all but one of those disciples ended up being a martyr for the kingdom. Man, all but one of those disciples ended up being a martyr because of they took this, maybe this uneasy feeling, maybe this, oh, my goodness, like we got to go like back to reality. He's like leaving us feeling but they were transformed into a back-to-the-mission revelation of what role that they would play in God's amazing plan for this planet. He was telling them, man, I'm leaving you guys, but the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and when it does, you will be my witnesses. You will be martyrs for the faith. See, what does this mean for us? See, when the Holy Spirit comes onto you and I, Man, we die, and I don't mean literally drop dead, but what I mean is God turns you into a witness, and when he does this, man, all your pride falls off. Your arrogance drops to the ground. Your incapabilities are no more. Also, all the skills that you thought you had, man, they're on the ground. Your inadequacy, man, it's on the ground. Everything that basically gets in the way of God falls off onto the ground, and your life becomes about nothing more than God's grace being manifested in you. Man, you get to be his witness. See, as believers and followers of Christ, what makes an effective witness is not who we are, but it's all about whose we are. See, if you want to be a great witness, it's not about you. It's about who you belong to. Man, what makes you a great witness is not about what you have done, but it's all about what he has done on the cross and what he continues to do in your life. And in doing those things, you're able to be a living reflection of Jesus Christ. So students, let me talk to you again. I know you're kind of like scattered out. But your school, it's not just a school. Man, the fact that you attend there at that location is not just a product of chance or coincidence. Your school is a mission field. And you are being called to be a martyr, putting it all on the line for his cause 
in that location. Adults, let me talk to you for a second. Your job, it's not just a job. And the fact that you sit in the position that you sit in, man, it's not just by coincidence. It's not just by random fate. It's not by chance. But your job is your mission field. And your job is your mission field. And you are being called to be a martyr. To be, you're being called to put it all on the line for his cause in that location. For everybody in here, may your family is not just some random group of people. And we got struggles. We got issues. Life is tough. But the fact that you are a part of this family is not in any way a product of chance. It's not a product of coincidence. Your family is your mission field. And you are being called to be a martyr, putting it all on the line for his cause in that location. So let me tell you today, it's not about being back to school. It's not about going back to work. It's not about being back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. It's about being called back to the mission. And the mission that we're talking about is making his name known. May every beating heart within those areas of your life that we try to represent a while ago, Man, every single person within those areas is a soul destined to an eternity in either heaven or hell. Man, every single person is destined to an eternity in heaven with Christ or an infinite separation from God in hell. And Jesus is calling you to change your perspective. Man, he's calling you to Understand that he's giving you a new outlook and he's calling you to see your place differently, to see those around you differently. And he's calling you to put everything on the line and to share his message of love and hope. And if you don't, man, you might miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime that he's giving you. So if you'll allow me just a moment to flip the roles and maybe play the same role in your life that Joel played in my life this week as you return back to school. Man, tomorrow as you go back to the plant or you check in to work or you walk into the office or you clock into your shift, this afternoon as you walk back into your home, instead of seeing those people as just an athlete or just a brain or just, uh, you know, a classmate or instead of looking at those people just as a co-worker, a colleague, a project manager, a boss, or instead of looking at those people as a child, a teenager, a headache, sometimes a burden, man, look beyond those outward labels and look at the internal reality. Because here's the thing, even if you got a picture of bold, blunt sign and put it smack on their forehead, Man, picture this right here, because if they don't know Jesus Christ, that sign says bound for hell. And you are on a mission to change that direction. Man, you are going to be given the opportunity to make a difference in these lives that God has surrounded you with. So, man, if you're a student, do your homework, get involved in all the activities. But don't just reduce yourself to being just another student at your school. 
because you're a one-of-a-kind witness that God has called you to be a witness for Jesus Christ and he's fully empowered you to fulfill this incredible mission. Man, if you have a job, be the best employee that you can be. Man, go the extra mile, look out for the best interests of those around you, but don't reduce yourself to just being a, an employee. You're not just a cog in the bigger wheel of things. I mean, you're a one-of-a-kind witness for Jesus Christ, and he has fully empowered you to fulfill this incredible mission. Man, be the best brother, sister, mom, or dad that you can be. And recognize that the get-to moments trump the got-to moments. But don't reduce yourself to just being another member in your family. Because you're more than that. You're one of a kind witness who's been empowered by Jesus Christ to fulfill an incredible mission. Church family, I want to let you know that tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. And so here's the thing. We're talking about going back to the mission. And when we say that, the third and final thing that I want to let you know is going back to the mission that's more than a suggestion, all right? See, Jesus gives us a different perspective. Jesus gives us a completely, entirely new outlook on life. And when he does this, he says, but this is not just a suggestion. I mean, I want you to flip over to the book of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Man, we, we call these verses the Great Commission. Some of y'all know them by heart. Man, as you turn there, I'll read it to you. It says right here, Matthew penned this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And not only is this the great commission, but there's some great advice in here. Man, it's not a suggestion what he asks us to do, but he doesn't say we got to do it on our own. And I'm not just talking about having friends to your left and your right, because even when you feel like you're on an island, listen to how he ends this. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the way he starts this in verse 9, go therefore. I mean, another way to say this is as you go. See, too many times we look at this and we say, all right, man, I got it, coach. I know the play. As soon as I run out there, as soon as I get set, as soon as he said, oh, he said us on two? All right, man, as soon as he says go, man, no, as you go. Not when you get to your destination. But as we go, we are to be doing these things. It's not just a suggestion. Every moment we have is an opportunity to be able to do these things. And so to the student going back to school, I mean, it may start with you just sitting with a dismissed person. It may just start with you sitting next to somebody that's been disenfranchised, somebody that's been outcast, somebody that's been kicked to the curb. But you know what it'll end with? It will end with you on your graduation day being able to look back at the legacy of God's love that you left inside those walls. 
man, to the person in the word field, what does it look like? Man, it may just start out as a casual conversation around the cooler, all right? It may just start out as a low-key conversation over lunch, but guess what? With God's help, it could end up being a life-changing conversation that changes somebody's destiny that was headed straight to hell, but now headed to an eternity with their heavenly father. And to the parents in this room, man, it may start by seeming what seems to be doing a never-ending task of like folding laundry, paying bills, school projects, taxi rides to this and that and all over the city. But it leads to you modeling God's faithfulness to those small people around you. So church family, man, let's change our perspective. Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of our life. Let's change our perspective because we've been given an entirely new outlook. It's not back to school. It's not back to work. It's not back to the house. It's not back to adulting. It's not back to life. It's not back to reality. It's back to the mission that he's given us. And it's more than just a suggestion. So let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. Church family, if you would, go ahead and bow your head. Man, with your head bowed, I want to just talk to you as the band is making their way up here. But with your head bowed, I want to tell you a little bit about my life over the last couple of days. With your head bowed, I want to let you know that, man, the oldest cousin, my oldest cousin on my mom's side, I mean, he's just like six years older than me. Man, he lost his battle with covid a couple days ago. Man, COVID had wrecked his life and he had gotten this thing that they call COVID pneumonia and he was sent to the ICU and he had been battling it out for about three weeks, got out of ICU, went back in the ICU and then finally the Lord took him home. But the reason why I tell you this is because there's a great ending to this story. Two days before his life ended, my uncle was given the opportunity to go and have a conversation with him. And man, those conversations are never easy. Man, when somebody's on their deathbed, man, that is so tough. He could have been dreading it. Man, he could have had knots in his stomach. He could have said, man, maybe get somebody else. But instead, he realized this was an opportunity to go back to the mission. And so he stepped to the challenge. And he put out the plan of salvation, and my cousin Rick accepted Christ. And his eternity is forever changed. Church family, there's some of y'all that we need to change our perspective. We need to understand that God has given us a new outlook on life. And he's not just making suggestions. But church family, there's some people in this room that the first step you need to take is a life change. Man, if you need to talk to somebody about how to give your life to Christ, man, I'll be up here at the front. Man, if you need prayer, we'll be up here at the front. We ask that you would utilize this time as a time of reflection, as a time to communicate with God, as a time to seek what he would have you to do in these next steps. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this opportunity. God, thank you for my friends and family that are here at church today. God, we go, man, our hearts go out to the ones who couldn't be with us. And God, I pray, man, for the people in this room that need a life change. God, they don't need some eloquent, you know, plan laid out before them. They just need the truth. And God is here, it's available. And God, for some of us, man, we just need to change our perspective. I mean, we're too busy focusing on the outcome or focusing on the situation. But really what we need changed is our perspective. God, we need to thank you for the new and fresh outlook that you've given us. And God, man, please let us take the next steps of lighting our community up with your gospel. And let us go back to the mission. In your name we pray. Amen.